Namaste and welcome to the Bharat Vartha podcast. I'm Roshan Karyappa. We have a very special guest on the podcast today. Mr. Shirish Berry is a renowned architect and through his work he probes the multisensory and the immeasurable dimension of space while trying to evoke a reflective pause amidst today's clutter and background noise. In this conversation, we're going to be speaking about modern Indian architecture and how it impacts our lives. So without further ado, Welcome to the podcast sir thank you uh, for making the time and great to have you on Bharatwarta namaste thank you yeah sir uh, so to begin things you know you've been in architecture for you know about 5 decades uh, and uh, I, i would love to know you know how architecture and design itself has evolved in that uh, period of time it has i mean if you it has evolved just in the same way as the society has evolved because architecture is many times an expression of the society and uh, the outer space as i put it in my film also the outer space that we see around us which is measurable and tangible is an expression of our inner space which is immeasurable and intangible which means our values and all that so just as the there has been a distinct shift in the society from sanctity sanctity to celebrity the same thing is evident in architecture architecture also has become very commercial it has become where, where the wrapping is even more important than the inner content and this is what is happening in our society and that's a similar thing has happened in architecture also so in that what i try to do is whether i i try to see whether the perennial values of humanity are maintained and retained in our architecture i try to address my concerns in life through my work like uh, as you said what, what is happening in architecture like in just as in society man is moving out further and further away from nature so the same thing is happening in with your architecture in society man is moving further away from man i mean there's hardly any interaction though we stay so close to each other in an apartment building there's hardly any interaction in architecture also this is happening so in my work i try to see how i can create spaces in my campuses in my house in my whatever building i design public building also i try to see how i can uh, create such spaces which would encourage interaction which could encourage spontaneous interaction between people and uh, bring man closer to man secondly most of my buildings here though i'm sitting in my office on the fifth floor uh, I, there is a terrace uh, garden outside and which opens out onto the trees on the, on the outside you know so i try to see how my architecture can help in bringing man closer to nature means how it can facilitate or how it can act as a catalyst in uh, bringing man closer to nature through the quality of the spaces that i create right. and of course thirdly we have managed to has moved further away from his own self so whether we can we could create that silence and the pause in our designs which would help man to uh, kind of connect to his own self also and there are so many other concerns uh, concerns about heritage and there are concerns about uh, retain you know the continuity with the past there are concerns uh, about uh, yeah sustainability so all those uh, whatever because i don't think look at architecture as something which is stuck on or uh, you know like uh, it's not uh, cosmetic it's not for cosmetic purpose or just aesthetic purpose but it is it should touch life somewhere it should address our lives 
Uh, that's a fascinating expression that you used. You know, the uh, outer space is a reflection of your inner mm-hmm. self. Again, a, a very interesting conundrum that even though we're living more closely together than ever before, I think we have erected these divisions uh, between us, right? So I found you through your wonderful short film uh, on spaces. And mm-hmm. I found that really profound and intriguing. You know, for for most of us, we don't really pause and reflect on these things, right? I mean, on on the value of space itself. Or, or the need to create spaces uh, that inspire us, right? So yeah. uh, can you talk to us and help us relate to why spaces are so important and how they impact us? Actually, each one of us can also, uh, if one goes uh, into one's memory and finds out, that there are certain spaces where you enter, where you go in and you feel harmonious, you feel at peace, you feel um, you don't feel like shouting and making noise also, you know. So like when you go into nature, certain places in nature, the outer space in nature does that to you. Or certain buildings also, some very beautiful uh, spaces in especially old buildings, uh, where one feels that, that that outer space is impacting us. Similarly, uh, our inner space has also impacted the outer space. Like as I put in the stone in the film, earlier water was considered sacred and uh, valuable and as a gift from God or the food was considered that way. So that time, the kind of structures that we created for storing water or for uh, storing the food were very beautiful because uh, it was an expression of our gratitude towards God or whoever. I mean, that okay, this is a gift from nature, from the universe, from God. But now water and food have become commodities which can be sold, bought and uh, wasted. So the entire structure has changed. If you see in my film that today's food storage uh, go down is so different. Or the, today's uh, the waterways and our, uh, are so polluted. Yeah, that's an important point that you bring up. As we have taken some of these things for granted, we have created less valuable spaces uh, for, for them, right? So, you know, yeah. there may be a thousand technical considerations uh, on, you know, how to uh, make a particular space uh, uh, harmonious and uh, uh, have a sense of unity as well. But for us lay people who are listening from an architectural perspective, what are some principles of unity and harmony that you can include in spaces? What I would feel is that uh, if the space has a sense of unity with its surroundings, rather than being isolated and, uh, you know, claustrophobic, it might help. Then to have the right scale to the space, if it's a scale, if it's an office, if it's a church, if it's a temple, the scales are varying. So scale of a space, you know, a scale compared to the human scale, I mean, the height, width and uh, length of the volume of the space is very important also. So certain spaces with the right kind of scale, right kind of color scheme can bring about that sense of harmony and uh, unity. Thirdly, what I feel is spaces that are simple. Simplicity is something very beautiful and very difficult to achieve also in design. Many people uh, tend to uh, clutter up, clutter up the space. So if you, you will notice that you go to, you are just talking to me about your table. So similarly, uh, if you go to a cluttered room or a cluttered space, you, I mean, it's, the feeling is not harmonious or uh, peaceful. But if the space is, uh, uh, 
like i mean more simple and if the there is no clutter then uh, it automatically kind of helps in uncluttering our mind also for that much time so that is another thing then spaces with connective which have connectivity with nature uh, which are connected to nature uh, would definitely bring about that uh, feeling of beauty and harmony and peace so and if they are as natural as possible even if the materials that you use in making these spaces if they are as natural uh, materials are as natural as possible that would also help in some some other creating right. that ambience right so one of the things that we notice with modern living is that you know man has become very distant from nature itself right uh, so much so that uh, he or she must be told that you know nature is valuable and we need to protect it conserve oh, yeah. it and and told that we are part of nature yeah, exactly <laughs> that they have forgotten actually that is the most essential thing that we yeah. are part of nature we are not something outside and doing something to nature nature right. doing something to us right exactly so you know how can we bring man closer to nature through architecture oh that's what i've been trying in my work also there could be many ways uh, <coughs> i'd mentioned that uh, in my chapter in uh, my first book which is called uh, spaces inspired by nature so one 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 way of doing so would be to create that necessary transparency between nature and uh, between the natural space and the man made space to blur the boundaries between the man made and the natural like a simple thing is even if you when we put a glass or if you have a open veranda and then we have a garden so if we had open veranda is there that is uh, that will uh, bring us closest to nature because of the connectivity you know that transition between the man made and the natural is very important so the second best would be a glass putting a glass at least the vision is there which is there and thirdly there would be just a wall with a small window in it you know so there the connectivity would be would be reduced further it is also possible to connect by the built form if the built form is more organic and if it is if if it kind of tends to grow out of the ground rather than being plonked on the site and on the ground but if it kind of grows out of the ground then the nature could also integrate with the built form in a better way thirdly another thing which many people forget is uh, when they come go to the site the site itself has a lot of potential like uh, so many of my sites had some existing trees on them so we didn't uh, cut those trees but we integrated them uh, as part of the our spaces in the building and actually they added so much beauty to the building also and also helped man connect to that tree like there was a uh, when i did the campus for a residential school in majgani there were so many trees on the site so the entire built form was very organic it was allowing the trees to survive and move and uh, i know and shape itself around them and one of the best tree there was a tree called uh, was a ficus tree which was in uh, and i liked that tree a lot and so i designed the learning and living cluster for the children around that tree so uh, unfortunately that is not there in the film but i have designed that into tree and after about 3 4 years i went to the, uh, the school and was talking to the teachers and i asked them it's like a post occupational survey so i was talking to the teachers how they were like in there and all they said we are very happy here we have, uh, the kids are also more <laughs> happy and more creative and they're less violent i don't know how this is said she said she felt that 
living in that environment and what playing around that. And then she told me one more thing. She said that she had asked these small kids, the primary school kids, to write an essay on, you know, like we are, uh, you know, school day, my best friend. So my best friend was the title of the essay. She asked these kids to write up. And most of the kids, or 50% or more than 50% of the kids, wrote an essay on that ficus tree as their best. See what spaces can do now, what architecture can do. If I had, if I had cut the tree and built, around, built everywhere around, or if I had kept the tree outside and built the building on the side, this wouldn't have happened. Now, these kids, when they grow up, they will hesitate to cut a tree because of the rapport that they have developed with this tree in their formative years. Yeah. So, so this is what architecture can do, and this is how we can help in bringing man closer to nature. Or for my, for example, my Hyderabad project for in Hyderabad for the government of India, uh, laboratory for the conservation of endangered species. There were these huge, ten meter, twelve meter high rocks uh, on the side. But then I, when I went to the side, I found out that they were on the edge of my side, so they would have to be left out. And building would have to build, be built separately outside somewhere else. So I requested my clients, there were four government agencies. I told them, can we acquire more land on the other side of the rock, behind the rocks, so that I can build there and we give that, give a better piece of our land, flat piece of land to the farmers and take the uneven and rugged piece of land from the farmers in exchange. And they agreed. And we did that. And because of that, because of that, what happened was I could design my building around the, these rocks, uh, the glass you know, structure. You, you remember? It's there in the film also. So now what has happened is my building has become a tribute to this million-year-old natural heritage. Those rocks are my, our natural heritage, which, which we should not, which we should preserve. And, and I have not only preserved, I have the whole building is shaped in such a way that it is my homage or my tribute to this uh, national heritage. Right. So there are many ways in which we can connect our, you know, to nature. Right. It's, uh, you know, as you were speaking, I thought it's just a wonderful way of integrating with the space rather than, you know, occupying the space. Uh, yes. I think that uh, that is, you know, beautiful. You know, we, we spoke about uh, how spaces can interact, social interactions itself, uh, right? How it can impact it rather. And, uh, you know, I remember, you know, old Indian houses would have a central space in the, in the middle of the house and rooms okay. around it. Right. Okay. Uh, so, so that, you know, one, you would not miss anyone, you know, <laughs> walking yes. in and out of the house. Not, and second, not only that, even before entering the house, there used to be a small osri. Correct. Or Correct. Small, so that related them, connected them to the uh, street. Correct. And yeah. With the interaction. Now look at this guy uh, behind you who's sitting with the chai. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Or the, this thing, you know, why he, he's sitting there so that he can talk to the people <laughs> moving on the street, you know, yeah. on, on your that side, left side. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's a there's a colloquial uh, term to it. I forget actually. So so there was space outside where people could sit and interact with the public, and also I mean we used to call we call it osri here. Okay. Okay. Osri. Uh, right. And, and also, I mean, I think there was a central, uh, there used to be a central area as well, uh, where, you know, courtyards and, and stuff, right? You know, how much has modernism impacted uh, some of this adversely, you know, I mean, and uh, uh, how can we integrate some of those uh, older concepts uh, into, you know, whatever buildings and uh, spaces that, uh, you know, um, we occupy today? One of the reasons why 
modernism has impacted it adversely is because uh, we are suffering from the poverty of time. Everybody you see is in a hurry. You know? They don't have time to pause and you know, <laughs> even even here. Yeah, I, I am on the fifth floor. There is six floors I have to uh, there are six floors I have to climb. But then even to go to the first floor, the people take the lift. And even in the lift, they don't smile at each other sometimes. They just look down, you know, and get off and get up. But I normally climb up and I always walk down. In the morning when I come to the office, I climb six floors. And then later on when I go down, I walk every time I walk down. The reason is threefold. One is it is sustainable. I save on the electricity. Of the lift. The second is it keeps me fit, uh, this exercise. And thirdly, it allows me to interact with people. There are kids playing on the way on the street. I chat with them, talk to them. There are a couple of dogs at two levels. I, they are my friends. So, so I have fat you know, so I have, you know, you've got to find some time to improve the quality of our life. We need to, we need to. Uh, we cannot suffer from this poverty of time. No, I, I think that's a that's a healthy prescription for everyone to <laughs> pause, pause and reflect. Uh, you know, as we go about our day, right? But there may be, you know, people uh, listening to this and wondering that you know all of this sounds uh, very idealistic. Uh, but uh, how can we balance this with the pragmatic aspects of daily living, right? How can we include this in our daily life? I'm, so, I'm talking about. With this integration in my daily life itself, right. it's, it's not. I, I don't consider it idealistic. None of the things which I told you, you know, like they are part of my daily life, part of my professional life, part of the life of the clients for whom I made those buildings. You know, right, right. So yeah, it can be made a. It can be made a priority actually. Yeah. Right, right. So one, one, one must have a priority straight in life. You know, like what one likes and what one wants in life, you know, like, uh, so that is very important. As an architect, you know, I, for me, my priority was always uh, being with nature, being in solitude also when I wanted to be being with myself. And also, <clears throat> of course, and also interacting with people. But I said, as an architect, I even today, I spent about eight, eight to 10 days by myself at my lake house, at my retreat, you know, where I do work also design, but uh, it helps me to <clears throat> uh, help my thoughts and ways into settle down, you know, like a muddy, like a um, turbid water, mm. a glass of turbid water, you keep it in one place for some time quietly, then it will settle down and a clean water will come up. <clears throat> so that's what happens to me when I get charged back to life. Uh, from nature, energy, nature's energy. But that is my priority. If my priority was, I have to control my stuff. I have to see what they're doing, what they're not doing. I, I don't do that. I, I give them work and come back after three, four days and see what they were and they were. So prior, my priority is uh, being with nature and to trust people also. So if I trust people, they give back. Also. So it works. I mean, I hope. If priority is just to you know, like just make money and do this thing, then I would still put in my place here and keep shouting at my staff, I don't know what they do, but I don't know what they do, but I know they, they're doing all right. <laughs> so priorities are important. Right. No, uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a great aesthetic to aspire to actually. 
um you know coming back to the previous question right so um how do you think we can develop and promote our own indian aesthetic in architecture in indianness could have many <clears throat> many facets and uh, one of the first most important context here is difficult to say indianness because ladakh is india kerala is india and rajasthan is also india and we have that beautiful diversity in the country so let us not uh, wipe that out and um, construct buildings which are uh, which could be anywhere in the world the typical glass and aluminum clad buildings right. which, which are anywhere in the world in india the architecture of rajasthan is so beautiful and different against the architecture of ladakh which is also so beautiful and different against the architecture of kerala also which is also very very beautiful and different. so le- let us uh, not uh, homogenize india is different in different places right and let us uh, in kerala we uh, the because and these buildings are also again very different because of their time tested uh, time tested ness like uh, the kerala buildings have the roofs and the verandas and the courtyard because of the their response to the climate of that place their response to the materials available there even in ladakh it's the same thing rajasthan buildings are very different they are more they would not have so much opening but there would be mud walls enclosed and it would have you know uh, good insulation and there would be nice a cool inside because they have to they have to uh, they have to respond to the harsh uh hot climate there are other similar some things which are some things which may be common is like in india in most places there is a certain sense of arrival at each place you know like either in a temple there is a deepamala or something or in a in a angan in a house we have an angan with a tulsi vrindavan so i i even do that play like in the in the entrance to the place let's let's uh that is a symbol of you know arriving you know at a place the, the tulsi vrindavan the tulas you know yeah. you know no you have that right, right. yeah so another thing is uh, uh, which you talked about is the courtyard which is very beautiful then there used to be uh, certain niches also in our walls which would which where you could keep certain things and display uh so uh, we need to take the spirit of uh, indianness in a and in reinterpret it in a contemporary manner but at the same time uh, uh, not homogenize and uh, make it you know bland you know <laughs> what are some places in india that you would recommend we should all visit just to be stunned by the architectural beauty of the place you mean uh, old architecture any i mean your top 3 or 4 places that uh, would leave us odd oh, yeah so there are quite a few <laughs> india has so many places i mean travel so extensively uh, kailash temple is i think one of the very beautiful places kailash temple is in elora it's uh, it's almost uh, 1800 to 2000 years old 1800 and it is a rock cut temple and a fantastic space to live in uh, to live in means to be in <laughs> actually i have um, had something at the back of my mind which i may do sometime because normally at the evening the guards 
put every take everyone out and close the temple so i was thinking of hiding myself somewhere <laughs> and stay there overnight and feel that space <laughs> in the night you know because it's very beautiful and they, that they have start what accuracy and precision even in those days they started from the top and they came down by normally architecture is done by addition this is done by subtraction and then came down and very very beautiful so that is one place mandu is very interesting mandu in madhya pradesh fatehpur sikri has some very beautiful uh, architecture and spaces and uh, kerala um, the padmanabhapuram palace which is doesn't have the uh, pomp and uh, show of most other palaces which are indo-sarsenic or uh, you know influenced by the colonial architecture but this is a very very beautiful simple vernacular architecture white walls dark uh, brown wood and tiles and uh, very beautiful spaces and I, one of my one i call these my pilgrimage places all these people. and i mentioned that in my book called wanderings and ponderings and there's a big poem there called on pilgrimages nice. then then there is a, another something very unique in india is are the step wells in, uh, in india they are there in rajasthan and mainly in the hot areas ahmedabad the adalas step well is very beautiful it is a seven story structure which steps down to the water so how beautiful that and how uh, beautifully they respected the source of water and also what has happened is when they dug underground and went down all these seven levels in between they have pavilions uh, at different places and these are fantastic social interacting spaces and air conditioned spaces in summer also people can when they went to fetch water they would sit there and talk to their neighbors talk to others you know and then come back because it was so cool there when they went out it was hot so inside it was so nice Right. So those are some of them. There are so many. So, right. So as you are uh, speaking, I'm you know uh, I'm reminded of uh, what you call randomness and serendipity in uh, uh, in your work, right? I mean, uh, uh, all of these places don't just serve very functional aspects, uh, but they also do all of these uh, other things that are uh, equally important, right? Yeah, equally important in life. right so this has been a fascinating chat sir and to you know leave the audience uh, with uh, something of a takeaway um, you know what do people what can people do some simple things that people can do to improve their spaces their homes uh, their societies in your opinion <laughs> i know you've spent five decades <laughs> working on this very same thing but uh, you know if you were to give a uh, in a nutshell basically we we talked about it a little bit before earlier about when you when you asked me about harmony and unity and harmony in spaces so we did touch upon that <clears throat> i think uh, for the sake of sustainability for the sake of harmony and all that it i think if each person decides to reduce his consumption just for the sake of consumption you know for functionality for functional things for what is necessary one must consume but unnecessary consumption in terms of just to show off you know like you can get a simple curtain for uh, if you can get it for 100 rupees go and buy it for 10000 rupees because it's branded so that also is not necessary and then simplify your uh, 
surroundings, your environment. That means uh, unclutter it. Uncluttering it would help. Then bringing in some nature, either if it even if it's a city house, if you could have some potted plants or a small terrace or a view of the sky, a view of the sunset, even from the a city apartment or city house or a windowsill plant, you know, plants that would also uh, add some life to that space. And also what I feel we should do is not just restrict our this to our own private surroundings and environment, but also extend it outside, you know, have a sense of sharing that way, like we have also tried to uh, see some, take some neglected spaces and from my own fund, I have tried to uh, clean it, develop it, you know. So because I have some extra money, okay, let me do it, you know. So each one of us, if we could do that, small small corner of the roadside or also piece place somewhere, you know, or, or in a village, uh, there are schools which don't have girls' toilets. So we designed and constructed those toilets from there. They're so happy now. The boys even even the boys go to clean the girls' toilets. <laughs> so uh, or there are these barren areas, vacant areas, which we see. So where we have gone and planted trees. And within two, three, four, year, four years, it is shared there. So that again brings people there because people want to uh, stay in the shared. Shared normally harbors activity in India. So uh, if we can also share and care for our surroundings, uh, public spaces also, that would also help in bringing about that uh, small sensitivity to, to our space. So this was a, a wonderful conversation. Great note to end the podcast on. Uh, you've given us a lot to think about. Uh, I think to go beyond ourselves and also to look within ourselves. Uh, so so this was a very, very good conversation. So thank you so much again for being on the podcast. I really appreciate your time and uh, look forward to speaking to you again. Thank you. Thank you, Roshan. Thank you.